Colleagues, welcome back to the office and a very happy new year 2022 to you all. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy lives and, and day to come and join us to talk about today's upcoming technology for this new year. I'm feeling inspired on this beautiful January 4th morning to talk about and to help you understand upcoming technology that we should be considering for this coming year. And in fact, this will be our theme for the month of January is looking in and exploring emerging technology and the latest and greatest technology as it's going to be coming out for the year. Now, in our podcast for today, we are going to lay the groundwork for the discussions that we're going to be having over the course of the next several weeks, uh, talking and identifying the different types of tech and uh, the different types of um, solutions, applications, mobile apps, and different things that you might want to consider for your organization. And today, what we're going to do is first talk about the impact of COVID. Um, you know, it's I know it's something probably most of us, myself included, probably sick of hearing about, but it's important to at least acknowledge the impact that it's had uh, in 2020, 2021, and now in 2022, uh, what this could potentially mean to our organizations. And this really kind of means talking about the changing workplace environment of where work will be conducted. You know, historically for centuries, it was always conducted in the office and the factory and the shop. Now it's being conducted more and more often in the home. And so we're going to talk about essentially some better tools that we can use to manage distributed workforces and remote workers, and even what it looks like to potentially manage a hybrid environment, uh, what it looks like to manage people who are both in the office as well as working remotely. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the different tools and techniques that are out there. I'm going to introduce a topic that's been very beneficial to my organization, um, which is a PEO or a professional employer organization. And we'll also talk about some of the different tools that you might want to consider in addition to a personnel management service, some of the software and technology, including tools for connectivity and for communication, for real-time collaboration and more and why some of these tools might be a good fit for your company. Uh, I'm also going to specifically highlight some project management and workflow tools, such as Asana and Trello for today. And I'm also going to give you a new tool for financial professionals in the audience today, which is Path by Simplex Financials. More on them in a future podcast. We're also going to talk a little bit about security today, getting a better understanding of some of the major security uh Topics for 2022 that we need to be aware of, including things like data breaches, ransomware, and more, um, to hopefully give you an idea of what you need to do to protect yourself in this coming year. The good news is the uh, tools that are coming out to help us essentially mitigate and manage these threats are getting better and better, including a lot of AI uh, tools and that leverage a lot of the data that has been determined, discovered, processed over the last several years to hopefully help us make us more safe and secure by, you know, kind of having someone watching our back. Uh, and that person, it's not a person, it's actually artificial intelligence. So that's what we're going to go ahead and talk about today and laying the groundwork for what we will discuss in future podcasts in this exact series. Now, before we get going, I always want to remind you, if you are a financial professional, you can earn credits for watching or listening to the CPE Today podcast. And uh, as we enter into our second year of doing podcasts, this is uh, over our 70th episode, hundreds of you have taken our courses, listened to our podcast and earned credits. And uh, hopefully this will be one that many of you take as well. 
Today's course code is NGE4. And to earn credits for today, just head on over to cpetoday.com and search for our class using course code NGE4. With your purchase, you'll get a uh, copy of the materials that will be discussed today. You can watch the course over and over again, uh, and it's a quick and efficient way to get your credits. And if you are a new listener to the CPE Today podcast, thank you. Welcome. We're so happy that you're here. How about you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code one free podcast at checkout, and you can get this class or really any other class of your choosing uh, podcast for today for free. And you can try out our platform and see if you like it. And hopefully you do. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started for today's presentation. And I want to lay the groundwork to kind of discuss and review some of the major topics that this series is is really going to be talking about. Uh, We're going to be discussing again, some of the major upcoming and newest and latest greatest stuff. Uh, Today, though, we are going to be looking at some of the major trends that I see kind of emerging. And there are five trends that we need to be familiar with. The first is going to be that HR. Uh, There's so many issues inside of HR coming in 2022 as we all kind of settle in for the long haul with respect to uh, this new workplace environment. You know, where many people, myself included, and 100% of my staff are working from home. And what does it mean to manage remote workers? And especially, what does it mean to manage uh, when we potentially have people in the office and working at home at the same time? We're also going to talk a little bit about that security, the battle against ransomware, giving you a sense of what are the major things with respect to uh, security that are coming out. We're going to talk a little bit about business processes and that internal audit. Um, You know, business process controls, workflow management, and more increasingly as we have this remote workplace, this is incoming a more and more important topic for many different organizations. And we need to be aware of the different products and tools that are out there. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk a little bit about data architecture and innovation, uh, specifically looking at things such as creating new value as well as automation within our organizations. But let's go ahead and first talk through the impact of COVID in the economy and what that looked like. So I'd like to start with this little quote here. The digital economy incorporates all economic reliance or significantly enhanced by the use of digital inputs, including digital technologies, digital infrastructure, digital services, and more. And really why I like this definition is it really truly is reflective of where we are as a culture and world. Um, You know, frankly, there's not a technology today, uh, sorry, there's not an industry or profession today that's not using technology in a very meaningful way. And what I mean by that is, you know, from the cobbler that repairs your shoes to the guy making donuts down the street to CPA firms to medical offices and more manufacturing, logistics carriers, everybody is using technology in a meaningful way inside your organization, turning digital inputs into digital outputs. Whether it be simple stuff like point of sale, digital credit card processing, or more advanced things, uh, utilizing technology such as artificial intelligence, deep learning, and other technologies like that, we're all using tech in this meaningful way. And with COVID, what my perception is, is that it accelerated already an existing trend, okay? Uh, COVID just poured gas on an already burning fire in the sense that technology was not something that was 
a happenstance or, or byproduct. It is integral to all businesses today. And if anything, what COVID showed us is that through proper and effective use of technology, you can do anything. And it doesn't matter where work is being conducted as long as it's being conducted. And if anything, what I would say is that it accelerated the trends that we're already seeing by a minimum of three years, but as many as seven years. Uh, and we saw a lot of growth and a lot of advancement, even in things that aren't necessarily, let's say, technology-based. A big example of this would be acceptance. Um, with respect to acceptance, I think with respect to where we stand with technology now, um, we were forced to face an already present truth. And it kind of normalized a lot of the stuff that we'd already seen within technology to the point that we all just relatively accept it. Uh, we did see a significant number of advancements in remote technology, conferencing solutions, real-time collaborations, and more. But uh, these were already occurring. But what we did see was that all of a sudden, if we were faced with the choice of being able to work or not work, guess what? We chose to work. And now these instances have been normalized and we just accept it for what it is. Now, with respect to the economy, and we look greater at the workforce here, we're seeing these trends of acceptance just getting even more and more so. Um, if we look today in 2022, 30% more companies believe that permanent transformative change will happen than last year. Uh, I think that's a pretty positive outlook. You know, where we're saying, hey, a third of us are going to say there's going to be even more change in 2022 than in less change. And I think that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, we see this thing of a positive feedback loop where uh, organizations adopt new technology that creates positive uh repercussions inside the organization. So what do they want to do? They want to go and do more of it. And I think, again, a lot of these companies are feeling that in the sense that we're doing more. Let's let's make it happen. Okay. 68% of professionals believe that changing customer expectations will be the biggest disruptor to their business. And I think that is absolutely true. Uh, if you think about it, I mean, the customer isn't always right, but the customer is always the customer. And whatever consumer expectations are set, whether you agree with them or not, you have to follow them. Uh, there are plenty of examples of organizations that have not followed consumer trends over the years. You don't have to look far to, to find really relevant examples of titans of industries that no longer exist. How many of you had a Polaroid camera way back when, or a MySpace account, or rode in a taxi for that matter, or... Um, had a BlackBerry phone, you know, all of these companies at one point in time led their particular industries uh, and no longer exist. Why? Well, they didn't listen to consumer expectations and it was incredibly disruptive of their business when for BlackBerry, Apple came along with the iPhone. Wasn't the first smartphone, but they changed everybody's expectations of what that phone could do. No longer did you have a little tic-tac hard buttons, but rather an all glass, beautiful screen that you can use now as your primary computing device. And in fact, you know, if you think about mobile technology, uh, for many people, it's their primary computing device. That's how they buy online. That's how they uh, uh, connect with their friends on social media and more. You know, if you're not in that specific arena, you're going to be overlooked if you're only available on desktop services. Uh, or, you know, if you were, you know, Kodak, for example, and creating uh, film-based cameras, and then all of a sudden, guess what? 
the Apple iPhone is the most common, uh, well, not just iPhone, but Android as well, the most common uh, camera device in the world. Nobody's buying film anymore. It's a niche industry. Well, why? Because those consumer expectations are the biggest disruptor. Again, the customer is not always right, but the customer is always with the customer and they're always going to get what they want. So you got to pay attention. 82% of employees want to be able to work remotely. 30% of employees will quit if forced to return to the office. And I'm not going to say everybody wants to work 100% of the time remote. Some people do. I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, yep, that's what I want. But a lot of people at least want the flexibility and the option. And if COVID showed us anything, it showed us that the physical place where work is conducted, and I'm speaking specifically in the context of professional service organizations, doesn't really matter. Cloud technology, remote file sharing applications, um, you know, cutting edge communication tools have changed the game where we can network regardless of where we are located. And we can all act and feel like we're in one big office, even if we're several states or countries apart. And employees are, this is the planting of the flag. This is the hill they're willing to die on because they don't want to have to go back to the same eight to five. Uh, they don't want to have to go back to the commute or at least a lot of them don't. So why, why, why force your staff to have to go back to something that they don't want? Um, and in fact, what we're seeing here in 2021 was what the media uh, coined as the great resignation. We saw resignations across the board from all different walks of life, all different professions um, that just said, you know, as enough is enough. We want to be able to be able to work from home and we're going to work for companies that are going to treat us right, that are going to pay us well. Um, and we're going to find work that's meaningful to us. And many different organizations and all different types of industries now uh, had a significant reduction in their workforce and not in the, of their choosing, but rather for the first time ever, labor, you know, is shaking the tail of the dog. Uh, and frankly, you know, I'm happy to see that happen. I'm, I'm happy to see that people are being able to find roles and positions in companies that they feel, uh, where they can feel valued and that they feel that they can get, um, value for their time. And if you think about it from a company's perspective, working remote is not a bad thing because you know what? It opens up the ability to be able to hire and recruit from anywhere in the world. Uh, you can have employees in different states and different countries. And as long as you have that cloud tech, you'll be able to work effectively. Almost 80% of companies have a com expect to have a combination of both in-person as well as remote employees moving forward. So, you know, the employer is really kind of forcing back into the office. The employee is saying, no, 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 I don't want to go back. I think ultimately what we're going to end up in is going to be this kind of hybrid approach where you're going to have some people in the office, some people working remote, and it could be that they flip and flop. Some days you're in the office, some days you're remote, but I think the expectation that you're going to work a nine to five Monday through Friday in the office are gone. And personally, I cheer that particular approach. I think it's fantastic that we are seeing that uh, we're going to see this kind of hybrid environment where people can work where they want. So saying that though, we need to invest in a couple of different areas of technology. Uh, we need to invest in conferencing solutions that allow people to be able to video chat and conference and work together. We need document collaboration and real-time editing tools with co-authoring abilities so that people can essentially work in uh, on the same document together. And we need digital tools to essentially manage that work so we know what people are working on and what work is being conducted. 
Just because you're working from home doesn't mean you're productive. But if you don't communicate what you're working on, it's going to be very hard for your employer to understand uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it. So let's talk about this hybrid approach, okay? And specifically in the context of human resources, okay? Well, this hybrid collaboration, what we're talking about here is in-person and remote workers uh, are being are working in a way that uh, is going to be both synchronous and asynchronous. And what I mean by this is there's going to be times when people are working together at the same time, at the same approach, and there's going to be times where they're going to be working at different times with each other. Um, You know, in our company, for example, we use uh, Microsoft Teams and other technologies like this to be able to talk and, and chat and work and exchange files all the time. My business partner and I talk three to five times a day. And that's a very good example of synchronous communication. But we also have a number of asynchronous tools where, you know what, I tend to be uh, a little bit more of a night owl. He tends to be a little bit more of an early riser. But, you know, we have the ability to be able to work on our own time. And in our company, we have a, uh, a loose policy, a loose policy of how work needs to be conducted. Um, here's generally how we, we tell our staff. We generally like six hours of overlap of standard business hours in Pacific time. So standard business hours of Pacific time would be something like eight to five PT. Um, if you wanted to come early and leave early or come late and stay late, that's fine. As long as you have roughly six hours of time when everybody else is working, you know, but we give a little bit of flexibility with respect to that asynchronous, you know, so you can choose when you essentially work. And if you need to take time off, for example, to go to a medical appointment, you want to go for a jog, take your kid to the park, whatever, as long as the hours are made up within that same period, you don't need to take PTO. You don't need to take sick time. I don't even really care other than just be where you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. If it's a meeting, be at the meeting. If it's a client obligation, certainly make that obligation felt and make sure that you're there. But you need to take off half a day to go do a personal thing. That's fine. You want to make up that time in the evening. You want to make up that time at over the weekend, you can do that. And by providing that flexibility, everybody's happy. That work can be done asynchronously now. Uh, And everybody wins. It's a win-win-win situation. Now, to make this happen, tools have to allow for both synchronous and asynchronous collaborations. Utilizing technologies like Slack, utilizing Zoho, utilizing 365 from Microsoft and more make it great because you know what? Time doesn't matter and where doesn't matter. Uh, We have team, you know, that will work from home. We have teams that'll work from the road. My wife and I, for example, uh, we often are working from multiple different places, whether it be our home here in beautiful Big Bear Lake, California, or we're working from uh, the road in our RV or we're from a hotel. doesn't really matter because the tools themselves move wherever we happen to move because everything is cloud-based. And in order to be able to track and know the effectiveness and efficiency of this, we need tools and reporting to be able to track and work um, and know what people are doing. And it needs to seamlessly live in the background and just be able to not get in front of or uh, cause confusion or, uh, or any sort of issue with how our people are working. But the good news is these tools are getting better and better and better. And I've got a couple of examples to share with you today. All right, let's go ahead and have our first review question. So what is the intention of the hybrid workplace? Okay, so what when we think about the hybrid workplace, what does that sentence mean to us? Does it mean returning all workers to the office ASAP? 
No, it does not. Uh, does not mean that. Having all workers stay remote forever. No, it does not. The correct answer here means creating a flexible workspace which combines elements of both remote work as well as in-office work. Giving everybody the flexibility to do what they need to do. There's no hurt feelings. Everybody is following through with uh, what they set forth and why they should uh, why they should uh, uh, continue to work. And they get the flexibility of choosing when, where, and how. Now, one of the things you're going to need to deal with, this is a very, very real issue, is the HR and payroll uh, related to this kind of remote work. Okay, remote work by its very definition can occur anywhere. Uh, for some organizations, it just might mean, hey, you just don't come into the office, but you could still drive there. You're in the same city or in the same state. Uh, for other organizations, though, it means distributed. And by its definition, what distributed really means is that the geography of where this occurs doesn't mean anything. You could be anywhere. Uh, in our organization, for example, we're spread, we're spread across multiple different states, uh, primarily Oregon and California, but we do have employees in other states as well. And managing compliance and payroll and benefits and everything else across these different uh, areas, especially when we talk about states, can be really difficult because there's different employment laws in Oregon versus California. Uh, and there's also a mess of different compliance and regulatory, uh, labor, taxes, all these different things that we need to think about. And frankly, it is a task for any organization to be able to do this uh, directly. Now, I had this problem directly myself last year with our business, Debmatics. Uh, we have uh, staff, again, spread across two states. We were hiring additional staff in other states as well. And boy, howdy, you know, the thought of having to file a ton of tax returns and payroll returns and withholding and everything in between different organizations between these different states was not something I was looking forward to. And in fact, I already went down that road. Uh, we had an employee in another state uh, that we'd never done business in. And I contacted our payroll provider. You know, we went through all the rigmarole of, uh, for example, incorporating in that state, getting all the withholding uh, set up and the you know, insurance and then uh, the uh, workers' compensation, other stuff like that. And it ended up just being a mess, you know. And I started doing some more work and some more research. And that's when it dawned on me, hey, Steve why not use a PEO, a professional employer organization? And a PEO is an outsourcing firm that your organization can consider using that can handle most of the compliance, labor, human resources, uh, payroll processing, tax filing, retirement benefits, all that kind of stuff on your uh, behalf. And it's actually incredibly effective and useful. And there are many different companies that handle this. I'm going to tell you about the company I work with here in a moment. But in a nutshell, the PEO enters into a contractual co-employment agreement with the company. In this case, let's say it's my company, uh, Debmatics. And technically, all the employees of Debmatics are also employees of, in this case, uh, JustWorks, which is the RPEO. And the PEO becomes the employer of record for all purposes, you know, for tax, compliance, payroll, benefits, administration, everything else. And they take care of all of the headache with respect to HR, labor, payroll, tax, everything. Uh, they even take care of the workers' compensation insurance, insurance, and a whole bunch more to you. You pay the PEO a set fee. 
they take care of all of that on your behalf. And then gone are the headaches of having to manage compliance in every single state that you go to. They will just do it for you. And as that legal employer, they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for withholding the proper taxes, paying unemployment insurance, you know, and frankly, it's a really kind of cool thing because it doesn't matter what it costs It's still cheaper than your time in terms of having to manage people. And what's great about it from, from your also perspective is that you can now hire anybody anywhere. You got an employee that says, you know what? I want to move to Montana. I want to move to Delaware. I want to move to Florida. Not a problem. They could pick up and do though. And because these PEOs are incorporated in all 50 States, usually they are anyways, doesn't matter. They can pick up a move. It doesn't take you any additional effort or work uh, to be able to service that employee in that new jurisdiction. Additionally, let's say you find a killer employee in a state not of your own. You could hire that employee as a normal W-2 employee, give them wages, give them benefits. They take care of all the headache for you. And from a distributed workforce perspective, it's fantastic. Whether your employees are in the office or working remote, the PEO is going to give you all the benefit it won't matter. You know, it'll essentially take care of all of that for you. Now, there are a lot of different companies that can do this, uh, but the company that I ultimately ended up working with and, and uh, is a company called Just Works. I did a ton of research on this. Uh, I looked at companies, the big payroll providers like ADP and Paychex. Uh, I looked at specialist PEO companies such as uh, Ripple, as well as, uh, or, I'm sorry, Rippling, as well as uh, uh, Trinet. Ultimately, the company that I ended up uh, settling with is Just Works. And I got to say, I've been with them now for about seven or eight months, and it's been fantastic. Uh, and not only is it very reasonable in terms of the fees, but the features and functionality of their platform works really great. Uh, they take care of all the things for us, and we just focus on work. Uh, it allows us to do things like running our payroll seamlessly. They take care of all the deductions, the taxes, the withholdings. And they file all the paperwork for us. And that's not that big of a deal until you think about the fact that I don't have to do it in three different states now. Essentially, they take care of filing all those regular returns for us directly. comes with a number of great services for hiring and onboarding for remote teams to help manage that compliance really quickly and easily. And again, they're going to manage that HR across all 50 teams. Now, the other cool thing about this is, let's say benefit programs like retirement plans, as well as uh, medical benefits and things of this nat nature, guess what? They take care of it. And because the PEO is technically the employer, ARP staff gets access to a much bigger pool of resources, uh, including medical benefits than they would otherwise get. Um, because, and we also get it at a better rate because we're not just one tiny little employer. We're with a big company essentially, and it's thousands of us all working together to get better rates from the different insurance companies. And from the employer's perspective, I also get access to fantastic HR compliance tools, trainings, and more. Uh, overall, it's been fantastic. And there are a lot of different companies that do this, but uh, I think overall, this was a better fit for us than pretty much any other organization. Let's go ahead and take a look. So open up your favorite browser and head on over to justworks.com. Okay. And you can take a look, you can get a sense of what their platform looks like. And it really is this simple. It's a very, very simple interface to actually work with here. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is I wanted to show you how affordable this can be. If you click over here to their plans section, 
They only offer two plans, basic and plus. Let's go ahead and take a look at these real quick. Now with the basic plan, let me scroll down here. Let's see. With the basic plan, what that allows you to do is it allows you to be able to uh, just basically manage your organization. Uh, so it handles payroll benefits, HR tools, compliance, and more. Uh, it'll handle all the payroll. It doesn't matter how many payrolls you're, you're running weekly, biweekly, uh, monthly, whatever. You can essentially do that. It'll take care of all the uh, compliance, the tax filing and everything for $44 per employee per month. That's a killer deal. And you get a whole bunch of other stuff that comes into it too, like PTO management, great uh, uh, tools to manage, you know, everything from uh, the reporting, efficiency, effectiveness, bonuses, so on and so forth. And the other plan is going to be their plus plan, which is everything in the, in the normal plan plus medical. So if you need to provide medical benefits to your people, this is going to be a great way to do it. You still pay for the benefits plan. Like, you know, it's not like they pay the Anthem Blue Cross or the uh, Aetna or whatever you happen to be using, uh, but they'll essentially manage this for you and it comes at a pretty reasonable rate. Additionally, what's also kind of cool about this is they've got great tools to manage all of your contractors. So they'll do, for example, your contractor payments, e-checks as well, and they'll even handle the 1099s and the other stuff that come into it. But it's really either just 44 a month or 89 a month. And I got to tell you, from an HR perspective, it's still way better than having to hire a full-time HR person. So I've had really good luck with this. I've had other clients that have looked at them as well uh, and had pretty good success with it. To be fair, it did take a little bit... Um, of time. It took about probably a month and a half to get them set up. But once we were up and running with them, we've just flown the last several months. And again, pretty happy overall. All right. So let's go into our next section here and talk about some of these workflow tools. Now, workflow tools are a type of business process management solution, and they are what we refer to as a person-first approach for managing and automating business processes. And what I mean by this is they are a way of organizing how work can be done, when work should be done, who's doing what work, and then having the oversight and management of that particular work. It's essentially setting up the way that your business wants to conduct business inside of itself. Uh, workflow management tools will focus on things such as information, project management, approval, oversight, reporting, and more throughout the actual organization needs. Okay. And really what they're really designed for is to help organizations create and maintain repeatable processes. Let's say you're a tax and accounting office, you know, and you're doing tax returns. Don't you want to make sure that every tax return you do follows the same quality assurance procedures inside your organization, that the collection of information, the inputting of the tax information, the review by the partner and more all follow the same processes? Well, that's what a project management and workflow tool can do for you. Now, I have a couple of different tools that I want to mention here, and they are Asana, Trello, and Path, Okay. All three are great. They do different things. Uh, you might find that you need one. You might find that you need more than one. It's just really kind of up to you to determine what would be a good fit for your company. 
Now, your True Blue standard project management solution, you can't go wrong with Asana. Asana allows you to create projects. Projects can have tasks. Tasks can have subtasks. They can be assigned to different people. And what makes Asana fantastic, it's really simple. Uh, they have a fantastic mobile app, so you can get access to your uh, projects and tasks while you're on the go. Uh, you can also manage the whole thing directly through your email. They also have a standard web interface as well. So if you feel like you want a more traditional project approach, this is a great tool for you. But if you want something that's more mobile, something that you can manage out of your inbox, great. You can go ahead and you can get this set up um, and run for your organization and design the different types of projects, turn those projects into templates. And from those different templates, you can uh, easily be able to understand what work is being conducted inside of your organization. Now, what's really great about Asana is that it is actually free. It's a free tool that you can use inside of your organization. And uh, a lot of people, for example, will start off with their free plan and, and find that it just works really effectively for them. Uh, and that free plan will give you the ability. Let's go ahead and take a look at their pricing just so you can get a sense of this. A lot of people will sign up for their basic free plan. And again, it's free forever, which is kind of useful and cool. And it'll give you the ability to create unlimited projects, unlimited tasks, unlimited messaging, uh, unlimited file storage up to hundred megabytes. And you can do this up to 15 people. So for a lot of small businesses, this is going to be perfectly good for what you need. Gives you a lot of the different styles of uh, views, including lists, boards, calendar views, and more. The iOS apps are all there. But if you choose to go with either their premium or business plan, you do get some additional features and functions that are kind of cool, such as their timeline functionality, the ability to create dashboards, reporting across multiple projects, searching custom fields, and on the business plan, uh, portfolios, goals, workload, and more. You even get approval process so that you can essentially set things up and you know, as projects are being worked on, uh, they can be signed off by managers, owners, CEOs, controllers, whomever else you might need in your company. Uh, but Asana is just one of those fabulous project management solutions that just work really well for your business. And you can build whatever type of project that you'd like in whatever manner that you'd like, in whatever view that you'd like, uh, whether it be their timeline view, their board base view, and more. And overall, it's a really kind of cool solution. Now, another tool that I love is called Trello. Uh, Trello is a Kaban style of project management. Uh, projects are managed visually with boards and tasks. And as projects are advanced, you move them across the screen uh, from one swim lane to the other. Often you'll have like a backlog, you know, that backlog will have additional uh you know, like work to be done, you pick a project out, you move it to the working side, and then ultimately to the done side. And what's really great about this tool is that it gives you a very visual way of being able to manage work inside your company. And you can also set up templates with this, with different types of projects, taking different templates uh, to manage everything from, let's say, marketing projects for your organizations, to operations, to custom work, and more. Uh, and likewise, each card inside of Trello can represent a particular task inside of a larger project with the board representing the overall project itself. But if you're more a visual organizer, you're going to find that this tool works really well for you. Now, a comparable product, if you happen to be a Microsoft or Office 365 subscriber, check out Microsoft Planner. Pretty cool tool. Uh, honestly, not as good, but it's also included in your 365 subscription for no cost. 
if you'd like to give Trello a, a, a try, I'll also point out they have a free version of their plan as well. Now, for our business executives in the room and for our CPAs in the room, another tool that you're going to want to check out that uh, is going to help give you the information to better manage your organization is going to be a product called Path by Simplex Financials. And this gives you the ability to track and collaborate on key business insights in real time. Now, this particular tool is a tool that will integrate in with QuickBooks Online. So if you happen to be using QBO, this will tie into your QBO application and allow you to pull out metrics, uh, KPIs, calculations, and to be able to, to understand essentially what's going on in your business in real time, allowing you to make really good business decisions. Uh, you know, the idea is you give the right information to the right people at the right time so they can ultimately make a decision on how to better manage their business. And you can create custom insights to grow your business in whatever way that it needs to grow, you know, whether it be acquiring new customers, reducing costs and more. I'll also point out that if this is something that interests you, and I hope it does, we have a specific series on path uh, that you can check out at cpetoday.com, uh, including some free webinars and some free CPE credits. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about how this tool can be used to manage and collaborate on uh, your organizational information. Now, our next section that we want to talk about are going to be workplace tools. Uh, these are tools that are useful for web conferencing, real-time collaboration, document sharing, file sharing, and more. And there are three tools that I'd like to draw your attention to, and they are Zoho Meet, Zoom, as well as Microsoft Teams. Let's go ahead and dive into these three tools. Now, the first tool that we're going to talk about is Zoho Meetings. You probably haven't uh, heard of Zoho Meetings before. It's a relatively new offering here. And it is a really cool tool to conduct video meetings inside your organization. Um, it allows you to screen share. It allows you to have video conferencing, audio conferencing, and more uh, all through the secure Zoho platform. It allows you to do all the stuff that you would have come to expect with a web conferencing solution. But what really makes Zoho nice is the fact that it is integrated into the overall Zoho ecosystem. So if you happen to be using Zoho for your organization, which is a really compelling offering, this is a definite tool that you should consider using uh, because it's already built into the products and services that you're choosing to use already. Now, if you haven't used Zoho before, you can check it out by going to zoho.com forward slash meeting. You could read about all the different products and services uh, and functionalities that this product supports. Let's click over here though and take a look at their pricing. One of the reasons I like this is that they've got their free forever plan. For $0, okay, you can host small meetings very easily. So if you're looking for an individual tool, something that uh, you could just use for your own, guess what? This is a great tool for you. Okay. It's going to give you unlimited meetings, unlimited webinars. You can have as long of meeting as you want. Comparable tools like Zoom and others are going to limit it typically to under an hour. And you can do everything that you might need to do. And it runs very effectively and well. And if you're looking to get a bigger plan with more participants, uh, it goes, starts at $3 and it goes up from there. You can easily host 100 participants uh, for only 10 bucks a month, which is still going to be cheaper than most of the other tools on the market. Now, the real compelling reason, though, to consider using this 
and I'm no, uh, not, I'm very proud of, of, uh, of my love of this particular product is the overall Zoho platform. Uh, this is just one of dozens of tools that Zoho has pulled together to create the overall business operating system for your company. You can do a ton of really cool stuff here with this particular platform. Now, besides Zoho meetings, can't go wrong with Zoom. Most of us are pretty familiar with Zoom at this point. Great tool for video, screen sharing, conferencing, great mix of features. It's super stable. It's usable across a large range of devices. And it will uh, offer great conference quality. Uh, whether you're trying to have an internal meeting with your staff or a client-facing meeting, it'll work well for you. The biggest thing I would say Zoho has going on for it is the fact that it's so widely used. And most of us are pretty familiar with it at this point in the pandemic. Now, I often recommend that organizations actually have more than one conferencing tool. Uh, the reason being is that tools like Zoom or Zoho uh, meetings are great for meeting externally, uh, but often the needs of inside of an organization are going to be a little bit different. And I recommend that you have an internal conferencing tool too, that is beyond just screen sharing and video conferencing, but also incorporates aspects of collaboration, real-time editing, document sharing, and more. And frankly, the tool that is the best, in my opinion, is going to be Microsoft Teams. It is a unified communication platform across mobile, desktop, and web. Uh, it brings together all aspects of the Microsoft ecosystem that for that 365 product, allowing you to collaborate with your colleagues and staff, regardless of where they're located in the world. And you can do all the basic stuff like video conferencing, screen sharing, instant messaging and chat, but the real power comes from the integration with things like Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive, and more. And you can actually co-author and co-work on a document together. You could fire up Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint, Word, and write a document or work on a spreadsheet at the same time with each other. And it beautifully integrates into this overall ecosystem. It's got tons of extensions, tons of flexibility with it. Uh, and it's just a really cool tool. I'll also mention that if you're not using 365, guess what? You can still use Microsoft Teams for free. If this interests you, check out cbtoday.com. We've got a whole series just on this particular product. And I can tell you we're going to do more with it. I'm always discovering new things that we can do with this tool. And it's really compelling. It's definitely worth a look. And uh, I would definitely tell you that uh, out of all the products and services for distributed teams, I personally think this one's the best. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have our second review question. Which of the following is not a direct feature of a digital team workspace tool? So out of the tools we talked about here today, what would you not expect to see in a workspace tool? Uh, would it be video conferencing? Absolutely. I would expect to see that there. Would it be real-time collaboration on documents? Yep. I would expect to see that there as well, especially if it's an internal tool, not so much if it's a client facing tool, but if it's internal, I would expect to see it file and document management. Absolutely. I want to have that one tool that has everything. I want to be able to instant message. I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to screen share and I want to be able to share files all simply under one roof. The one thing I wouldn't expect it to have would be that accounting and bookkeeping functionality. It's not that it couldn't have that, but what I would say is that that functionality is always better suited coming directly from the accounting system. And with respect to the accounting system, hopefully that accounting system is going to be cloud-based as well so that it essentially makes it easy to operate and we can have multiple people working on our books and records at the same time. 
So um, ideally, though, our collaboration system will bring together all aspects of communication. All right, as we round third base and head into our final section, let's go ahead and start the conversation with respect to security. Now, when it comes to security, it's something you got to get right. And it's increasingly becoming more important that you get it right for your business. And if this isn't something you have a lot of familiarity with and understanding, I strongly encourage you that you engage with qualified professionals that are, uh, because you can think you're very secure, but in reality, not be very secure. I also point out security is a layered approach. It's like an onion. There's several layers inside of this, and you can be very secure in certain aspects, but very insecure in others. Uh, you might, for example, utilize good passwords, but does everybody in your business, does every employee that you have do that? Maybe not. Uh, you might have, for example, uh, uh, good knowledge of yourself, but you know maybe the rest of your team isn't as qualified or isn't as technologically capable as you are. Uh, so security is a very nuanced thing. It's something that uh, is going to affect the entire company, and it's something you absolutely should strive to get right. So 65% of IT professionals are more concerned about ransomware this year than in prior year, and frankly, I joined that group. Uh, ransomware is terrifying. There have been plenty of examples of organizations that have been affected by ransomware. Uh, the one that immediately comes to mind from last year was the Colonial Pipeline data breach uh, that, was a, that was originally caused by ransomware that literally locked up the entire Southeast from Atlanta to Washington, D.C., and uh, there were gas stations running out of fuel because they couldn't pump fuel up this pipeline up the eastern seaboard. Uh, and it all came from ransomware. Okay, so I'm going to say that's something we should be concerned with. Uh, systems have to be designed with security first. Um, you know, most of you have, have attended some of my courses here. You know that besides teaching and writing, I'm primarily a software developer in addition to being a CP, CPA. And I've worked in technology my whole life. And I can tell you that old systems typically can't be salvaged because they weren't designed with security as being a primary factor. And you can't always implement better security on an existing system. You really have to start from the beginning thinking about security and then build it from the ground up as a core tenant of that system that you're working with. And you have to design it security first. That's your only choice because if you don't, I mean, you're opening yourself up for a breach at some point. We're also seeing greater use of integration, specifically through tools such as an API, Application Programming Interface, or an SDK, a Software Development Kit, that is allowing systems to be able to easily share data with each other. It's allowing for integration between different products, companies, service tools, and more, which is fantastic. I don't want to lead anybody on here. I think it's a fabulous thing, and I strongly recommend that you focus on integration. But if it's not done without careful oversight with security as a major focal point, again, you're creating an entry, potential entry point for malicious code inside your organization. So most companies are being told uh, at this point, hey, pay the ransomware because you have no alternative. Uh, that's not always the case. Hopefully, you know, with respect to ransomware, you got a good backup. But sometimes having a good backup isn't always the best choice or the easiest choice to make. To go back to the Colonial Pipeline data breach that I mentioned a minute ago, uh, Colonial actually had good, reliable backups. However, the cost 
of downtime and the cost of uh, it would take just basically to restore those backups, to bring them back up to an operational perspective took a long time, you know, and it wasn't that something that they could immediately just jump to. Uh, same with the decryption process with ransomware. If your computers get encrypted, it could take sometimes hours, days, weeks or longer uh, to decrypt. So really you just want to make sure that you don't ever have it happen to you. That's the best option here. Now, if you do pay the ransom, hopefully you've got some sort of cybersecurity insurance that can help either pay for it or at least offset the cost for it. Uh, sometimes that can actually be cheaper and easier than restoring from a backup. Really, if this does affect you, and hopefully it doesn't, um, you know, hopefully it, it isn't something you need to deal with here. Uh, you'll evaluate which method is is going to cause the least harm to your company, and then you make that decision. It's very easy to say if it's not affecting you at this moment, one way to go or the other, but I'm, I feel that most of us need to make that as a game time decision. I'll point out there's legislation being drafted in multiple different jurisdictions to punish companies that pay ransom demands, you know, because if we pay the ransom, we're just basically feeding into this industry. So how can we prepare for a ransomware attack inside of our organization? Well, I would tell you, you should create a incident response plan for your company. Um, an incident response plan, uh, sometimes we call this a data breach plan or we call it a uh, disaster recovery plan, business continuity plan, talks about and discusses real world techniques of what you should do if and when a major disaster like this occurs. And ideally, you create yourself a playbook that you at least have the discussion done ahead of time that you know what you need to do if it does affect you. You should build a system you know, that essentially can contain this. You should implement different tech that can essentially find, seek and destroy and remove the ransomware. Absolutely having good, reliable, tested backups and redundant systems in the event that you go offline that you can quickly and easily restore. Um, and, you know, you should essentially also consider pursuing different insurance, uh, professional liability insurance, data breach insurance, and more that if this does happen to you, that you have coverage um, and that coverage can essentially help you um, get online and get back to work quicker and faster. And that even potentially could pay the ransom if it comes down to that. Now, the absolute best thing that you could possibly do with respect to reducing your risk and exposure when it comes to uh, security soft, uh, security threats is going to be training. If you think you have enough training, guess what? Do some more training. Uh, there's a reason why the U.S. military spends more than half their time training because they know in the event that they get that call from the president, they need to be able to act immediately. And security training for your company is the same thing. Uh, you need to know that you can act immediately and you need to know that you can be able to recover as quick as possible. But if you train your people to recognize potential threats, that more than anything else is probably going to reduce your risk and exposure. From my perspective, I really feel that I would rather take a well-trained, educated, competent, careful, considerate workforce than the latest and greatest technology, you know? And I'm really proud of the team that I have in my company because I feel like we're all roughly on the same page and that we all take security seriously inside our company. Now, I've got two different organizations you might want to consider with respect to uh, handling security training for your company. The first is going to be an organization called Know Before. 
Okay. You can check them out. It's no B and then the number four. And with no before, what they're really known for is creating fantastic training that could be sent out to your employees on a regular basis. Uh, they've got a large library of security aware awareness, uh, and they can even, for example, do campaigns with scheduled reminders on specific security topics. And, um, this could be really helpful for raising the overall education of your company's staff to know what particular threats are out there and to be able to identify them more easily. And one of the other really compelling features about this application is their phishing tool. Okay. Uh, it's really easy. It's best in class, fully automated, what we would refer to as simulated phishing attacks. In a nutshell, they've got lots of different templates that you can choose from, from banks, from uh, service providers, logistic carriers, and more that you could send out to your company's staff on a regular basis to attempt to can, you know, catch them clicking on a link that they shouldn't have clicked on. It's amazing how many different security data breaches could be avoided by just people not clicking on links. This will simulate those types of breaches. They'll send emails out to your staff looking like they're coming from common companies that you do business with, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, uh, and more, and hopefully getting them to understand what a potential phishing message looks like. And it'll tell you who clicked on the link, uh, if they actually submitted information on that particular company. And, um, you know, like they went to a particular page and uh, clicked on something and then ultimately submitted the form and more. And, uh, you know, overall it's a, it's a really compelling offering in terms of what they offer. Price is pretty reasonable too. Uh, they do have a minimum number of users that you need to purchase for this. Um, but you know, I, I think most people will spend easily under a thousand dollars a year for this particular, uh, for the highest tier of their particular platform, uh, that will include, you know, the phishing tests, the security awareness programs, the, the hints and tips and tricks and benchmarking threat analysis and more. Uh, and again, I, I can't speak highly enough of this company. It's a great organization. And I think you'll immediately see a great return on your investment and a better understanding of security threats for your company. Now, another company, uh, an institute actually is the SANS Institute. Um, the SANS Institute does a fabulous job with organizing, uh, training for your organization, um, on all aspects of cybersecurity. Um, you know, they've got, uh, in-person training, they've got certificate programs, they've got webinars, podcasts, and more. Uh, and in particular, I'd recommend that you check out the security policy project. Uh, this particular project is focused on helping organizations develop HR and technology policies for your staff. Uh, they have policies that you could, for example, find to address specific threats in your organization. You know, for example, data breaches or password construction policies, acceptable use policies, social media, and more. And what I really like this is that it helps get everybody on the same page regarding security uh, and it helps hold people accountable. You know, if you, for example, uh, don't tell people what the social media expectations are, you know, about the company, about what they can and cannot post about company online, I mean, how are you going to ever be able to hold them accountable? Well, here they've got some great pre-written policies that you can customize to the specific needs of your company that will directly outline that. And then guess what? Now everybody's on the same page. And if somebody does something they're not supposed to, um, you can hold them accountable for that. So the security policies are available for free. They also have a number of other great tools that are worth your consideration as well for implementation inside your business. 
Now to finish with, let's talk just for a second on AI. Uh, AI is a bright light here. It's a shining uh, star in a distance that we can focus on to say that, hey, you know what? Maybe technology actually can make this better. You know, let's train our staff in the short term, but hopefully maybe in the future, we're going to be able to rely upon machine learning, deep learning, and other tools like it uh, to automate uh, a lot of the security inside of our organization. And AI is helping by automating a lot of tasks, analyzing more data, and allowing professionals uh, to be able to identify risks before they become problems. There's a lot of different AI systems that are out there that are being used in security, as well as in other aspects of accounting too, including things like audits and more. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, it's pretty cool in terms of what that is out there on the horizon. I've actually got a couple of different products listed here, uh, including Cognito and IBM products, their Q radar advisor and others. Semantic also has a pretty cool product called their targeted attack analytics and more. Uh, I've even got a URL here that you can go check out to learn a little bit more information, but to finish this section, I would tell you, you've got to take security seriously inside your business uh, because it's something that can absolutely have massive, massive negative repercussions uh, and even affect the uh, risk that your company may or will survive. You know, it's something that can put you out of business if you don't take seriously. Let's go ahead and have our final review question. What is the biggest security facing? What is the biggest security issue facing organizations in 2022? Is it ransomware? You betcha. Data breaches. Absolutely. Is it malware? Yep. I'm going to go ahead and say all of these and more are going to be issues. They're not going to go away. So what did we learn today? Today we talked about some of the emerging trends we're going to focus on in uh, future episodes, as well as some of the big trends for 2022. Uh, we talked about some collaboration and, from things like HR and management of people to technology to better manage um, our staff that are working remote. And we talked about how we can make collaboration easier. Uh, we even talked about how some of the major security threats are coming up here in 2022 in 2022 that we should be familiar with, as well as some different ways of improving training inside of our organization. In future courses in this series, later this month, we're going to talk about how to make your company a little bit more green. Uh, we're going to talk about emerging tech, things like blockchain and cryptocurrency. And of course, we're going to talk about some automation tools that can impact your firm to help your organization grow. Now that does bring us to the end of our podcast for today. And as a reminder, if you get made it all the way to the end, uh, hope, hopefully you need some credits for listening or watching. And it's super simple. Today's course code is NGE4. Head on over to cpetoday.com and use that course code to find today's class. And all you need to do is complete, if you're watching this after the fact, a short five question quiz, and you will earn a credit for today's class. And in fact, if this is your first podcast, thank you for being here. Use one free podcast to check out and you can get a free credit for watching or listening. We do produce our show twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. You can always watch live, ask questions live and attend live. No need to take a quiz after watching. You'll earn your credits by just being here and participating live. But if you'd like to watch after the fact, you can always do that uh, by going to cpetoday.com. Now, if you like our content, please consider connecting with us on social media. You can find us just about everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and more as CPE Today. And if you like our show, please consider subscribing wherever you happen to get your content, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. Uh, 
Uh, we'd love for you to leave a review. It helps new people find the channel and helps uh, new folks discover this content. It's been my absolute pleasure being with you here today. I look forward to seeing you back in the office the next time around. Happy New Year to you all. Let's learn some exciting new things in 2022. Take care.